Did always... your dad really get you into comics? No. It was Matt Taylor's dad. Ah. My dad got me, like, a newspaper... Or, my dad would get, like, the newspaper collections of, like, Farside and, uh... Oh, I mean, I guess if you want to say from that aspect, yes, he had all the Calvin and Hobbes books. My dad had those. Yeah, my brother had those. So, yeah, so from that standpoint, those were the first comics I read. Yeah. I loved me some Calvin and Hobbes. And then, like... And my mom liked Peanuts. Yeah, I like Calvin and Hobbes, uh, Zitz. Did yeah, my mom also was a fan of Zitz. Yeah. Uh, my dad liked that one, too, but... Dilbert and... God, that... Scott Adams... Became a shitty person. Did he? Yeah, well, he argued that women don't deserve to be paid the same amount as men. Oh, okay. Yeah. And... And Capper deserves to be paid more. Well, he's a cat, though. Well, I mean, I don't care. I you know, The last time I really paid attention to Dilbert was when I was watching the Dilbert animated series as a small child. And really only for the one episode, which is when Wally finds the little people who are living in the place and oh, yeah. rubs the markers on his nose to get high. <laughs> okay, best episode of television pretty much ever. Well, except that like the same time that I was watching those as repeats on Comedy Central. Yeah, that's when I was I was it. also watching Clerks Animated Series. And like the first one that I saw was the baseball episode. Which one of the, which Clerks Animated Series I thought of that when I was reading. Our what if issue. Oh, not that what if issue. This is our Father's Day special, Devin. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Oh, that's oh, right. That's the series. Yeah, and it is our Father's Day special. Yeah, we gotta talk about the really shitty story first. We are. Uh, yeah. It, wasn't sh- it was just boring. Yeah. Well, but yes, yeah. you know what's not boring? Our theme user. Cold open over. special which we didn't realize we should do until we realized that oh I had this probably, issue yeah until uh, Devin realized he had one of the issues and then I was like oh I have an issue that's the exact opposite of that issue in every single way pretty much and so you're getting a double exposure of stories this week uh, well you're getting two episodes this week and then Next week, I'll be off in Germany, so yep. we're pre-recording an episode, so if we sound really tired in next week's normal episode, that's why. But that one's actually pretty energizing, so I think we can push through. And we'll take a break in between, otherwise that's my voice will probably give out. Yep. But yeah, uh, so first we were talking, what if Wolverine Father, which is not a really good title. 
I no, yeah, because when the plot line is basically what if Wolverine raised Dick and which would have been a lot. That's better. when I was looking through the Marvel Unlimited app. That's like what I was looking for. Yeah, no, it's what if Wolverine Father, which takes place in Earth one one zero two one, and the issue was written by Rob Williams, drawn by Greg Tacchini, uh, colors by Chris Sotomayor, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. I like saying Chris Sotomayor! Yes. And, uh, yeah. Starts well, off in 1946. Well, we should probably explain what normally happens, because I didn't know this until I had no I idea what the hell was going on. I didn't know that's who Dakin's mother was. Yeah, well, Gina, uh, so normally Wolverine gets married to a woman named Itsu. Nope, didn't know that. And she gets. I'm not the biggest fan of Wolverine as a solo character. Not even the uh, Jason Aaron stuff. I didn't read any of it. I did, we've had this discussion. I forgot that we've had this discussion. Like, the Jason Aaron run, where it starts off the solo series, turns into Astonishing Spider Man and Wolverine, and then it becomes Wolverine and the X Men, is superb. I mean, Wolverine and the X Men's great, yeah. Yeah, but like the stuff that leads up to it, like there's the one where Wolverine's fighting a bunch of, like, special ops people who have Wolverine claws, except they're lasers. I mean, that's cool. Like, I mean, I might read them at some point. Oh, yeah. You... And what's it called? I mean, there was the classic one that everyone loves. Um... Frank Miller? No. Oh, well, I haven't read that one, actually. Other Miller? Mark Miller's Enemy of the State. Where he goes on a killing spree or whatever. Of you know agents. But more importantly, it's all about the what-if issue where Kitty Pryde just freaking murks him. Uh, By yeah. phasing her hand into his skull and bam, dead. Yeah, so normally Wolverine's pregnant wife Itsu is killed by the Winter Soldier, hashtag Bucky. Which, when did. I didn't realize that. Day, I thought Dakin was an older character than that. Like, I knew he was relatively new, but not Winter Soldier new. And, so uh, I saw this part just because, I mean, Bucky's only been around since. 2005? Yeah. And if. so and so we have a dude named Romulus who is a whole nother bunch of shitty like there's really good Wolverine stories and there's really bad Wolverine stories. And like anytime you hear Romulus or Dakin, it's going to be a shitty Wolverine story. But so normally Romulus takes the baby by cutting him out of Wolverine's dead wife and raises him to be Dakin, who is the worst. Yeah. Just Pure shit. The only stories that I've ever read of Dakin in him that didn't suck was Dark Avengers, but he was never, like, the good part of any of those stories. Mm-hmm. It was always about Storm and Norman, Bullseye, and, uh, Moonstone. Yeah. Dakin is, like, the exact opposite of X-23, where X-23 has actually had, like, interesting arcs, and she's a likable character. Mm-hmm. And Dakin is instead... Dakin's, like, the Superboy prime of... The Marvel Universe. And his where hair cuts the stupidest. Like, the dumbest. His sort of mohawk comb-over? Yeah. His emo... Yeah, it's... It, it's the problem is it's like not even fully the emo comb-over, either. Mm-hmm. It's like it doesn't go all the way. It kind of just like... He like half-assed it. And then he was the uh, go-to character in Marvel's like, Oh yeah, we've got bisexual characters, and it's... Oh, it's the sadistic, evil version of Wolverine who will have sex with a woman and then kill her, have sex with the dude, and then kill him, and then he'll go and continue to be slumming it up. Yep. Dakin is garbage. 
And I was glad Wolverine killed him. Which time? <laughs> Every time! Though he's alive again? Yes, he yes, is Yes, because he's a horseman. Yeah, he's a horseman. Well, unless he didn't survive the Earth's blowing up. Oh, that's true. Well, I wasn't sure because some of the horsemen died at the end of that story arc, though. Anyway, uh, so... Was century, thank God. So in, this, so in this universe, Wolverine's home when uh, Bucky kills Itsu, and uh, Wolverine kills Bucky, and then he's like, Oh, hey, I wonder if there's a baby in here, and he cuts open his wife's stomach. Why would you think to do that? Like, that would, like, never occur to me. Yeah. Hey, my wife's dead. Hey, maybe my baby's still alive inside there. It's probably fully grown, and this is actually totally gonna work. No problem. Wolverine's a doctor. Yep. I could have had a baby boy! A beautiful baby boy! Yeah, like, oh, that made no sense. And, uh, he names his son John. So dumb. Yeah, especially for a weeaboo like, uh, Wolverine, I mean, he raises his kid, he ends up bringing his kid to the mountains, and, like, for a while, he has this weird feeling about his son, like, he gets John a goat, and then we see, like, the goat's skeleton with all the flesh stripped from it, and we never really have an explanation of how that happens. Predator must have got hold of it, says Dakin. You mean, like, from Alien vs. Predator? Mm-hmm. Or from Archie vs. Predator? Or it could have been a dinosaur, like in Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is frightening in the dark. It's true. Or Jurassic World. A good movie. An enjoyable movie. Though, sadly. One, do you know what the biggest problem was? And actually, it's a big problem with this storyline right here, too. No Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Every series is made better with more Jeff Goldblum. We know where he showed up. Where? Mighty Avengers. As Peter Corbo. That's true. Yeah. Peter Corbo. I'll work in a reference to him anytime I can. Everyone needs and some gold bloom in their life. Now, I was confused. Was this a hat? Well, you don't know Wolverine's timeline, and I really don't know it. But uh, pretty much he never joins Weapon X, the uh, really Canadian yeah. branch. But I guess Sabretooth still knows him, so he was part of the earlier... Well, no. He was part of Weapon X, but he never joins Alpha Flight. Yeah, that's the big difference there. Alpha Flight, the Canadian team of superheroes, last seen in our Exiles episode, all about Canada and Hulks. Where did he get the Metal Claws, then? He got the Metal Claws in Weapon X. Yeah, but he and that's what, the Metal Claws, does he? I don't think so. Yeah. But then, like, the question would be... Well, it's 1946, so it is where this takes place. Yeah, so Which I actually guess. makes this timeline even more confusing. Because that means Chuck's totally just rolling around. Because, oh yeah, the next thing happens after the whole thing there is Chuck, Charles Xavier, shows up and then like, Yo, bro, want to join my X-Men? And Wolverine's like, Fuck you, Sorry, bro. Bob. I don't ride with people without legs. And Charles is like, fair enough. Fair enough I'll to me, back. my ex-helicopter. I'll come back in like 30 years when this problem is magically fixed. And uh, so two years later, John is older, he's getting into fights, he's starting to uh, grow his claws, and he falls in love. Or well, there's like a mutual crush with a girl named Indira. And then you know who shows up, Devin? Who? Sabretooth. Oh, no. 
And so immediately, Sabretooth throws Indira off the cliff, John pops his claws, Sabretooth throws him off the goddamn cliff. And this is like in China, so these are like huge ravines at the bottom, hundreds of feet. And then Wolverine shows up and throws Sabretooth off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody <laughs> is just throwing people off of cliffs. And then Wolverine and Unfortunately, up. though, everyone except for Indira has healing factors, yeah. so she's dead, but everyone else gets to live. But on the bright side, Wolverine just goes up to her and cuts out another baby out of her stomach. It's true. And one out of Sabretooth. That's stomach. actually how you... That's how babies are made. That's how mutants reproduce. <laughs> I read about it on Fox News. That's what I heard, too. Uh, yeah, so we've lost every side character who's female so far. But uh, John gets up from being tossed off the mountain and kills all of the monks who he's been living with because he's a piece of shit. Yeah. He is a garbage person. It's like, why didn't... Yeah, it didn't make any sense. You'd think getting, like, thrown off a mountain would give you a new lease on life, and instead he's like, oh yeah, I've See, got a new lease on life. Well, that's why I was like, really disappointed in this issue, because then he just becomes the same evil dick he always is. Yeah, we... Like, I thought, like, him getting thrown off the cliff, I was actually waiting when I turned the page for him to try to, like, fall faster and, like, catch Indira. I thought then this was going to be, big, like, a hero moment. No. But no. then, no. We aren't that lucky. And so, like, nine years later, John is in Tokyo, and he's become the master crime boss at the age of 22. Yep. And Wolverine shows up with the Muramasa blade, you know, from video games and legend. Yep. And it has the frustrating power to cancel out healing factors. So he just stabs John, and then he kills himself in seppuku. Seppuku? Yeah. And that's I where it's known as Harry Curie, but what? I was known as like Harry Curie, but I think they're a little different. Yeah. And then they hold hands as they die, though. Well, Wolverine holds John's hand. Yes. God. He's Dakin at this point, I believe. Is he going by Dakin? Man like me, I never should have had children. Dakin is calling himself Dakin. Wolverine is just ignoring the name. Which is the thing, is like, how did he even come up with that name? Because didn't at least the dude who stole him at least give him that name? That at least made Ryan sense. Was, yeah, yeah, I... That at least made sense. I'm like, what, what, first off, Dakin is not a name. So... Sounds like shitty bacon. I'm Dakin for some bacon. Happy Father's Day, Dad, if you're listening to this right now. My brother might be listening to this. You got to hear about a horrible dad who can't raise his son, and so he ends up stabbing his son. So, I mean, Wolverine's killed a lot of his kids. Yeah, and like, he's like pretty much killed all this. of them. No. But yeah, so we end up with no Wolverine, and uh, presumably an X-Men that are much worse off that probably died in the Brood Saga. Because Wolverine was the person who saved them. Well, Storm sort of saved them, but... Well, you know who can save them right after, then. Binary. Or maybe if Wolverine never showed up. They would have uh, gotten involved in this. Like no, Thunderbird wouldn't have died. Thunderbird wouldn't have died. And so you would have had a universe where Thunderbird is on the X-Men. And he doesn't die when he jumps onto an airplane. Without them, I mean, think about all the better things that would happen. Sabretooth when he fucking massacred all the Morlocks during Mute Massacre. Though all of the X-Men would have, I think, died or been 
captured and tortured during the Hellfire Saga because it's Wolverine who gets sent down to the sewers by, uh, yeah. what's his name, who can control gravity. Yeah. Uh, it's not Pierce because Pierce is a cyborg. Uh, Harry Leland, yeah. the bad guy. And, like, it's Wolverine who instantly becomes a badass there who, like, goes through and cuts everyone. I guess here's my thing. I feel like the X-Men would either, A, not get in as over their head without Wolverine like that, or they would, the, what I would feel is the more logical thing is they would just come up with better plans. Or, like, they would train differently. I, I don't think so. I mean, at the beginning, Wolverine was sort of the outsider. He was the person who would kill people and no one else would. So I don't think that... But they also, like, acknowledge that he's the super badass, powerful person. But he also had Storm on yeah. the team at that time, and Storm was very badass. Maybe at that time would have gotten Bobby to actually learn his potential so he could go on a fucking kill spree. He would have been a universe where Cyclops was the best member of the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Cyclops is still the best member Because he... Because he wouldn't have to be the dad figure who has to try and deal with... No, Dad, I'm Wolverine. I'm the coolest. I'm going to fight you. Yep. <sighs> Wolverine. Yeah, it will be interesting to put that one on the list because we both hated the story. Yep. We mostly hate the universe, but the premise of a universe without Wolverine and without Dakin? Oof. That will be uh, worth discussing. Also, the timeline didn't make any freaking sense. Yep. But you know what? Let's go on to the next story. No, I want to get over with this. We're doing it now. Okay, so we're going to try... Trial of the Multiverse. 11021 on the list. Okay, is it better or worse than What If Wolverine was the worst there is at what he does? I'm in the universe? I mean, Dakin's dead, so I say higher. Okay. I'm looking for, uh... Okay, is it better than Savage Land Two Continents Wide? Mm, sure, because I don't. We don't actually know anything that's going on in that universe. Is it better than the Hotel from the Nuff Side issue? Is anything better than the Hotel from the Nuff Side issue? Uh, yes. Other items on our list. Well, I'm trying to look for a Wolverine story. Okay, Hulk versus Alpha Flight, because that was a Wolverine story. No, I like no. that one better. Okay. So it's somewhere between Hotel from the Nuff Set and Hulk versus Alpha Flight, where we've got six items. In that we have Spider-Man, new, new Fantastic Four, uh, really evil Professor X, uh, Punisher Cap, what if Age of Ultron Secret Service head explode, and lingerie, all you can eat in Nude Beach. Yep. Which Spider-Man is now going to be a hard place to talk about now, because Spider-Man is actually a character now in Armor Wars. Yeah. Have you read it? I read the first issue. Okay. Yeah. So we got Spider-Man. I still need to read him, actually. Uh, yeah, so... Better or worse than Punisher Captain America? Mm, it's close on the better. Okay, is it better or worse than the first universe that the Exiles went to with the really evil Professor X? No, I like that one better. Okay. That was a cool world. So it will go on our 24 spot. Earth 11021. Wolverine. Raises. Dakin. A piece of shit. AKA Dakin. Yep. 
Okay, so let's go on to our next story, which is from What If, Volume 2, Number 82. And thank you, Devin, for recommending this for this week's thing. Yes, uh, this is what originally got us started. It is What If J. Jonah Jameson Adopted Spider-Man, or The Man in the Million Dollar Mask. With such classic lines as on the front cover of I loved you like the son you killed, Parker. So now Spider-Man must die. And this is uh, this takes place in Earth 96282, and it's written by William Messner Globes, uh, penciled by Anthony Williams, inked by Andy Lanning, and letters by Gaspier, and colors by Maria Parwolski. Yep. And, uh... So basically, you have the great thing, which it starts off with the awesome rocket shoot of John Jameson Jr. being sent on up into space. And as normally happens, the chameleon tries to hijack the ship, but instead of Spider-Man stopping the hijacking, uh, instead uh, crashes and kills everyone except for Peter and J. Jonah Jameson, including Aunt May. Yeah. So Aunt May is dead. And Peter is double orphaned now. Yeah, he's like so freaking orphaned. Oh, and the chameleon's dead too. Mm-hmm. Because the rocket comes back at him and kills him. And John Jameson is dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, Parker, you're looking sad. You lost your family. I'm going to adopt you. And he's hugging him. Oh, but there. It was the pa- newspapers, what reminded me of Clerks Handmaid series. Publisher to adopt local boys. Mostly the word with the word local in it, because I find that such a weird term. Yeah. But it was from the um, the virus episode. Mm-hmm. When Dante has to admit that he's gay. Local gay saves town. <laughs> Way heterosexual friend. <laughs> I was just like, yes. <laughs> That's all I could think of when I was reading that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's adopted. Uh, so J. Jonah Jameson is adopted. Uh, Peter, and so Peter gets to go to the Phillips Academy, where, since he no longer has to support his Aunt May, and since he no longer really has to do all that much work, he can study and he can excel. Except that, uh, J. Jonah Jameson thinks that Spider-Man sabotaged the rocket, and so he vows to kill Spider-Man. Yep. For killing his son. Yes. And killing his adopted son's aunt. Yep. And also, we now have a little bit more of a popular Peter Parker, or at the very least, not a bully Peter Parker, mm-hmm. well, because Flash Thompson's gone. Because mm-hmm. he has to go to a school for nerds. Yeah, and so uh, Peter, since he wants to get some stress off and just have a fun night as Spider-Man, he tries to go out, but his powers don't work, so he falls down and he gets attacked by Jameson's dogs. Which I wonder if they're like trained to attack people in Spider-Man outfits, or if they're just, like, really angry dogs. Yeah, I was wearing that, too. you'd think that they would recognize Peter's smell. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, so Peter decides, yeah, my powers aren't working, so I'm, I'm going to stop. And he comes into work the next day, and, uh, he's made the assistant editor of, uh, The Reveille, which is a new newspaper that Jameson bought. With uh, Frederick Foswell, who's supposed to be uh, the normal editor, and then Betty Brandt is the unpaid office manager. Yep. And Foswell is sort of set up as the really talented guy who gets angry that the rich guy put his no-talent son in front, 
And, like, Peter picks up on this, and so he makes Jameson give Betty a raise, and Foswell gets a extra promotion. Yep, three-year contract as full editor, with all usual perks. Which is great! I love Peter stepping past that normal trope. Cause yeah, because they had to have a picture of him, like, pulling out this uh, piece of paper with a phone number on it, Foswell. Mm-hmm. And that's him crumpling it up and throwing it away. Once Peter pulls that move. Mm-hmm. Which, it's just like, Peter is a great guy. He does not let getting things in this universe, like, get to him. Yep. And, uh, we get some back information on why J. Jonah, J- why J. Jonah Jameson hates people in masks. Which, actually, I really liked this. Mm-hmm. And I wish that they would actually kind of give that to him, actually, in the 616 universe. Mm-hmm. It basically has him, it's, um... Him taking on the KKK. Yeah, and they're, like, chasing after him. And so his problem is more with people who hide in masks. Which comes back later. But uh, Parker sees J. Jonah uh, Jim Jameson grieving over his son and everything that's happening. But he also feels his power is returning. So he decides he wants to uh, help Jameson by clearing Spider-Man's name. And, uh... Well, he kind of, well, mostly he's trying to, like, make him, like, get over his grief. Yeah, with anger! By webbing him up into, onto his ceiling. Oh. So that he'll stop drinking. Which, yeah, when I saw those, it's like, mm, you thought that was a good idea, where? Uh, but yeah, Spider-Man goes out to fight the Vulture and beats him. But uh, when Peter's saying that he's uh, friends with Spider-Man... Jameson just gets even angrier. Yep. And, uh, so Jameson, upset that Peter is hanging out with, uh, Spider-Man hugger Splash Thompson, Peter Parker's bully to act as his bodyguard. Which I love, because first off, like, I love that they're putting that pairing back here, but it's like, he's a high school student. Can mm-hmm. you, like, legally do that? <laughs> well, and then the other thing that I guess Jameson doesn't know is that Flash Thompson is Spider-Man's biggest fan. Yeah. And at the same time, he's also <laughs> hired Alistair Smythe to uh, make the Spider-Slayer robots. Which he turns on and he sees a struggling Peter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so... Jameson is pissed. <laughs> it's a fantastic story. And, uh... I'll see you fixing lawnmowers, you quack. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Jameson also reveals that he had the scorpion suit made. Yeah. And, uh, Flash Thompson's like, oh, that is awesome! Yeah, for real. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so Parker ends up using the Reveille newspaper to be a pro-Spider-Man newspaper, which Jameson loves, because now they're covering both sides of the field. So, and, yeah, so yeah. he's driving up, like, sales. And then uh, Jameson ends up putting a $1 million bounty on Spider-Man. Yep. So then all the classic villains start hunting Spider-Man down. And uh, Spider-Man ends up getting caught tampering with the Spider-Slayer. And, uh, like, he gets out of there, but Flash decides he needs to try and catch Spider-Man, or at least team up with him. So he drinks the super serum. So he can become Scorpion. And he just uh, Kool-Aid mans out of the building. Basically. And it turns out that he may die. And because he's now Kool-Aid man. Yes. And so Peter is just like really angry what Jameson's been doing, so he reveals his identity. 
Well, I also love that Flash did what he did. He's just like, I'm going to drink this magical chemical so that I can prove Spider-Man's actually a good person. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so Peter reveals that he's Spider-Man. And, uh, like, Vulture, Sandman, and Doc Ock, and now Scorpion are out there. We start getting some little bit nice remorse, though, now from Jameson. Yeah, Jameson realizes that what he's been doing has been pretty shitty. Peter hates me. And my thirst for vengeance has turned the Thompson kid into a monster. So yeah, bam, look at this. We're getting a better J. Jonah Jameson. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Peter is trying to, like, deal with all four enemies at once. And he, he almost has a hand... Did you reveal who they were? Yeah, I said, uh... Doc Ock, Vulture, Sandman, and Scorpion. Yeah. And, uh, Jameson realizes he wants to save his adoptive son, realizing what he was doing was wrong. So he puts on the Spider-Slayer armor, because the, uh, sensors to go after Spider-Man are no longer working. Yep. And, uh, he just knocks everyone out. And then, uh, Scorpion Flash Thompson is advancing, because the serum has made him go insane. (laughs) And so J. Jonah Jameson just jabs him with a hypodermic needle and cures him. Well, then I love that he takes, um... A vacuum and sucks up uh, Sandman. Because he's got every tool that could be used to defeat Spider-Man. Yeah. And, uh... Which is a vacuum? Yeah. Spider-Man used a vacuum before. And so, J. Jonah Jameson and Spider-Man become the new heroes for hire. Yep. (laughs) Basically. And, uh, uh, Spider-Man, since he no longer needs a mask because he's revealed who he is, now just wears, like weird goggly eye things, like the eye shapes cut out, but just over his face. See, my problem with it is, it totally just looks like face paint. He's that, was the one, that was the one thing I had against this issue, was like, you look kind of really stupid. <laughs> but, this is an amazing issue. Oh, it's a fantastic issue. Like, oh, I and also Spider Slayer now has JJJ just written across his chest. <laughs> with an exclamation mark at the end. And he got a smiling Jameson's face in mm-hmm. the window. Uh, yeah. Uh, I am willing to put this above Shazam and Monster Society of Evil. I am not too wired about Jonah's latest idea. Jameson and Son, Heroes for Hire, a coast-to-coast chain of superhero franchises. <laughs> no, I agree. I will give this number one. Yeah. So, sorry, Shazam, the Monster Society of Evil. Ah, this issue is phenomenal. Yeah, I... Also, too, I really kind of want to get whatever the next issue is in the What If series. Next, what if Daredevil was a disciple of Doctor Strange? That sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, we can do a magic special. But our new number one spot is... What if J. Jonah... Jameson... Adopted Spider-Man? Yep. I mean... There is no way this universe can get sad. Nope. And sadly, the team did not show up in uh, Spider-Verse. Yep. Oh. Sad, very sadly. Mm Mm-hmm. Gosh dang, slot. Very real. Wow. So yeah, I mean... Jameson is a nice guy, he just has a vendetta against people who mess with his son. Yep. Yes, he does. Jameson, I love you. 
Yeah. He, I mean, he is my favorite, like, the supporting characters. Well, he is, like, one of the most defined ones within the Spider-Man book. Yeah. He was mayor. I miss him being mayor. And now he runs a sort of Fox Newsy network. Yeah. Which, I could see as... I mean, for him, it's great. It makes it a bit more like the uh, Ultimate Spider-Man comic. Or cartoon, where he is uh, Mm -hmm. on the TVs all the time. I was going to say, actually, that was kind of a bit of a feel, a little bit towards the end that I was getting, was... um, He felt like what um, Jameson ends up becoming in the Ultimate Universe. Because I also really love the change that we have in Ultimate Spider-Man's Jameson. Where he... Really ultimate. That was actually the one good thing I'll give Ultimatum. Mm-hmm. As I thought there was great development of Jameson. Where Jameson finally is ready to recognize Spider-Man as a hero. Yeah, because like there, he's underwater in the Bugle, but can still see outside because their windows didn't break, and he sees Spider-Man swimming and saving people. Mm-hmm. That's when he writes the big story that Spider-Man is the real hero of New York. Not our armed troops? Nope. Not oh. New, well, not New York. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, Ultimatum is bad. Ultimatum is so bad. <laughs> so yeah, this has been our Father's Day special. Word to all of your fathers, parental figures, brothers, uh, male relatives, and all of that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's actually fitting, too, that we're praising Jameson for Father's Day because um, J.K. Simmons won the Oscars past year, and that was literally his Oscar speech. Was for everyone to go home and call their parents and tell them they love them. Word. Word. We'll be back tomorrow slash next time with our What If Comedy Special. Woohoo! We're going to have to explain what jokes are yes. that come in the visual medium. Yep. We may need drinks. Yep. Until then. This has been Multiversal Q. You can find us on iTunes, Podomatic, Stitcher. On Facebook, Twitter, and sometime maybe Tumblr. Yeah, I really need to get around to that. That might be what I do if we ever get around to uh, crowdfunding. Yeah. And you can email us anytime at multiversalq at gmail.com Especially if you'd like us to cover a specific universe for you, set of issues, or, you know, if you just want to say hey and give us a question. Yep. Until next week, or next episode, time is an illusion, time is a flat circle. <laughs>